The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. On the line now, the State MP for Lara, John Aaron, good morning. Good morning, Mitchell. Good morning to your listeners. Well, thanks for being on the program. This is the last time that we'll be speaking for 2021. So when you reflect back on this year, what do you think it'll be remembered for and what are you hoping for in 2022, which is clearly a state and federal election year? Yeah, well, uh, obviously the last 18 months have have been horrific for not only our community, but worldwide, I think uh, people have suffered uh, under these COVID conditions. And and obviously, you know, the the health and well-being of the health and well-being of uh, of our society was first and foremost, and uh, and and clearly, you know, when you compare uh, our rates of death in this country compared to others, we've we've done you know not bad, and and every death is a, a tragedy, no no doubt. But so this year and uh, and of course the last year have been um, very bad years, and it's the once in a, a century pandemic which unfortunately happened now to this uh, generation and uh, you know th- this generation will, will suffer the consequences of, of this COVID um, you know for a few years more so uh, but look there's obviously brighter years ahead um, you know clearly uh, we're, we're nearly at that 90% mark of double vaccinations people over 12 years of age which means that uh, you know by roughly around the 24th of November we'll reach our 90% vaccinated rates and um, a lot more freedoms are coming our way so other than obviously you know masks in um high public areas like public transport and hospitals and um but you know there'll literally be no more restrictions and we will be free to live our lives as we please and and i'm pleased to say i tasted that freedom yesterday when i went to a function with the cryo soccer club uh, where they were obviously having a, a sponsor's day and it was well represented by Eddie Contellis from council, Richard Miles federally and myself as state, um, you know, um, uh, and I suppose that was a sort of the first outing that we had at a restaurant, which was Mavs. Uh, hello to Milton out there, fantastic restaurant. Yes, we love uh, in, Mavs. Little uh, <laughs> Mallard Street. Um, and so that was the first taste of, I suppose, getting back to normal for me and I suppose my colleagues and, uh, and that will continue going forward. And, and there's nothing like the, the freedoms that we, I suppose, took for granted in, in, uh, in the past years. And, and now, you know, there's a lot more priority in terms of family and, and health and wellbeing. And, and obviously, you know, our economy is the most important thing at this point because we've overcome some of the health challenges. And, and, you know, next year, I, I, believe it will be a fantastic year sport will be back as i've said yesterday at the cryo soccer club um you know uh, you know alive as we lived it prior to covid will come back and you know we'll have our major events coming back and you know we can go to our concerts and we can go to our theater shows we can go to our sporting events we can go back to living a normal life and that's a huge relief for, for in terms of mental health issues that people have and, and clearly um, we're looking forward to next year and the years beyond. I read an article yesterday about the situation in Singapore and they've had a very high rate of vaccination but they've got an increase in the number of cases which is quite concerning and I believe they're now even talking about new restrictions. I'm just wondering how confident should we feel that 2022 is going to be as you describe or will there be that risk of a fourth or whatever wave we're up to now? Well, I think Singapore's uh, have an interesting way of tackling this. Um, they've encouraged their population who are 
vaccine hesitant to be vaccinated for free. Um, and those willing, other than having a medical exemption, those unwilling to have vaccinations for varying ideological reasons or some conspiracy theories, um, and they've declared that uh, that if they get COVID and they are not vaccinated without a medical exemption, um, that they have to pay their own hospital bills. Um, and so it, it's clearly issues relating to, like even when you mentioned before about the 10% of people that are not being vaccinated, when you calculate from 25 million population, 10% is 2.5 million, um, 5% is 125 million, and you, you come down to the core uh, of how many people may die, you're still looking at 70 to 80,000 people dying from COVID. So 10% is a huge margin uh, when you compare it. And, and in Victoria, with a 6.5 million population, you know, there's, there'll be roughly around 600,000 people that haven't been vaccinated. Uh, and that will inundate our hospitals. And, and part of the vaccination, as you know, Mitchell, is, is that, you know, it's not only about Less virulency in the in the vaccine if if uh, if a person that's double vaxxed uh, you know contracts it and it's less likely that you will, will pass it on. But most importantly, um, it won't mutate. It won't. We won't get a new strain. That's what the world is now worried about because you know uh, the privileged countries that have access to vaccines like us um, uh, are fine. But Africa. Um, seven percent of their population is double vaxxed. Um, and so, so there's a fear now because they can't have, uh, because of the socioeconomic reasons, they can't have access to the vaccines that the privileged countries, first world countries are getting. So now there's a, a rush from these, uh, you know, countries that have had the vaccination to actually give some of the vaccines to our, you know, our world global community so that uh, we get rid of this virus once and for all because it's no good relaxing while well, we've all been vaccinated, but we you know the, the other countries that can't have access to vaccines and it's and a, a different strain comes out like the Delta strain, you know, that's why we're building the facilities now with the quarantine facilities because, you know, in case there is a new strain um, and, you know, obviously the world's infrastructure in terms of dealing with viruses have increased dramatically and, and we're more adaptable, more responsive, more, you know, nimble in terms of how we react quickly to situations where there is a virus that may potentially kill our communities. And and again, I say 10% is a huge margin. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, if we don't all, to a certain extent, get to about 97, 98%, um, you know, that, that's going to be a problematic for us going forward. You mentioned uh, conspiracy theorists. There were massive protests out the front of state parliament yesterday, and I believe there were people camped there overnight and possibly are still there now as we speak. Uh, there was clearly an element of conspiracy theory there and signs that were quite offensive about the Premier. Uh, if you discount those, do you believe that there was a legitimate group of people there that were upset about or are upset about this pandemic legislation before parliament that suggests that maybe it's gone too far? Oh, look, there's no doubt there'll be people that are, that are petrified by whatever is, comes their way. And, you know, I would suggest that most of those people in that group were probably not non-vaccinated. Um, um, you know, when you've got people walking around with mock gallows, with three nooses hanging down, when you have a, a, a young gentleman standing on top of his car in front of parliament with a crossbow ready to fire at parliament, front fronts of parliament, when you have... Now, protesting outside of Andy Medic's home, one of the members, obviously, in the upper house, uh, going to his home is totally inappropriate. Uh, he's got his family and children there. When you have uh, a UK MP that was stabbed to death doing his job, 
you know, these things are not, no, you know, it's, it's really serious stuff, Mitchell. Um, and when you have people like that use uh, politics to, to, you know, extract votes out of other parties uh, because it's a, it's the a convenient thing that for them to do, like, like, um, you know, like Craig Kelly um, and from the Clive Palmer Party. Obviously, they're hunting for those votes that uh, of people that have been frustrated due to COVID restrictions and, and other, others who are taking advantage of, of this situation and, and making it worse. Um, I'm sure that, you know, the, the tens of thousands of people that attended on Saturday, I'm sure will have a spike in, in numbers of COVID now because of that demonstration. Um, <clears throat> and just at a time... When we've now, um, you know, today's new cases are 860. We've reduced them, you know, uh, and it, it was going down. And, and uh, unfortunately, every time we have mass gatherings like this with people that are unvaccinated, um, this is what happens. And, and there were some, you know, dodgy characters uh, in amongst the, that group, uh, which have been identified on social media as being neo-Nazi groups. And, uh, and, and I fear that it's being hijacked. Genuine people are being, uh, you know, hijacked in, in relation to other agendas that are going on, which is across the other side of the world. There are certain you now proud boys that, uh, that want to be established in, in Australia now. Um, you know, you had Trump banners. What the hell has Trump got to do with anything in, in, in that protest? I, I, I just don't get it. Uh, and, and clearly that's an indication that, that, that we're being influenced by uh, overseas agendas and uh, and that's a concern. And I raised this a, a couple of months ago with, with, on this program, you know, how people go down a rabbit warren when they click something on Facebook or other social media outlets about a certain I- idea about vaccinations or not, non-vaccination. If you if you go down the path of non-vaccination, you, it's a, a rabbit warren and you go down negativity, um, misinformation about vaccines and, and off you go and, and before you know it, you're brainwashed and doesn't matter what anyone says. Unfortunately, it's breaking up friendships. Unfortunately, it's breaking up families. The QAnon stuff is, is just horrific. And it's something that we haven't been used to in Australia. And, uh, and I suppose the social media now expands. We're now exposed to these agendas and ideologies that, uh, that divide communities. Now, we spoke to you last month about IBAC, and uh, I think you said, you know, we've got to let it take its course, etc. But I did see that your name came up when Adam Somerak was, I believe, giving evidence. You said John Aaron got a seat, Lisa Neville got a seat, and Richard Miles got a seat. This was in relation to allegations around what he called building an empire and branch stacking. How do you respond to those allegations? I, I still maintain it would be inappropriate to comment while the inquiry is uh, ongoing, and, and obviously um, it's still ongoing, and, you know... Um, I, I think the four days of gruelling um, evidence that was extracted um, out of uh, Somurek uh, proved that, you know, even the commissioner and the council assisting was getting frustrated about not being up front, not, you know, regardless of, of, of the t- amount of times that, that he was encouraged to tell the truth. Um, you know, there was a lot of convoluted answers in, in the way he, he, he presented them. And, and obviously, you know, he's a, a, a disgraced former Labor member uh, who's been kicked out of the party for, for obviously the right reasons. Um, he's making allegations about other people that he perceives to be his enemies within politics. And you know, there's no time for that. We're, we're about, you know, fo- focusing in on reopening, creating jobs, driving our economy. We're not going to 
uh, for, for that. And, and if there's anything um, that, for example, that, that was inappropriate in relation to anything that, that's been raised, there'll be recommendations that's made by the, uh, the obviously, IBAC and, and, and the government will, will look at those recommendations and, and take them, uh, you know, going forward, see what the recommendations are and, and adopt them accordingly. So... So why don't we wait until the outcome? Because I, I suspect that, um, you know, throwing names around in, in that process, uh, knowing that, you know, um, in politics you have your friends and you have your enemies and, of course, you, he would want to throw out around names that, that you know, people that he didn't get along with. So that's fine, um, but we'll just wait until the end of the process and if, if uh, further action is needed in relation to anything, um, and obviously we'll wait and see the outcome of that. Finally, on reopening, are we on track for that uh, date that the Premier gave a few weeks back, November the 24th, when we hit 90% vaccinated? Does that then mean we lose things like venue caps? Oh, look, I'm so excited. Um, Like I said, I I got that taste yesterday when I went out. And, you know, in what we do, Mitchell, it's about meeting people, talking to people, getting an understanding of, you know, um, what people's expectations are from government. And you can't do that over Zoom. And you've got to be in face-to-face talking to people. Um, and and we, I've got a taste of that. So, uh, no doubt, the Premier, uh, the Chief Health Officer, obviously ha- have, have indicated that once we get to a 90% double vax, that those restrictions will be removed, other than those wearing the masks in highly populated areas like public, public transport and hospitals, obviously, which is which makes perfect sense. And and we're, we're still going to be cautious, as I've indicated. There's 10% of the population that uh, will not be vaccinated, and that's roughly around 500,000 people that uh, that otherwise could be very sick. So we need to be mindful of them. We need to protect those people that aren't being vaccinated uh, and, and keep people out of hospital. And I see... In today's uh, numbers, of course, the numbers of people in ICU are reducing, um, uh, people that are ventilated is reducing, lives lost only five today and um, and 860 new cases and, and that's all great to see. And yes, um, to answer your question, we are on track for freedom after 24th of November. Well, thanks for being on the program this year, really appreciate it. Looking forward to talking to you in 2022. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and, and everyone else, and I, I wish everyone a, a, a extremely happy year next year. Thank you so much for having me, Mitchell. Thank you, John Aaron there, the state MP for Lara. Time for the news. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.